When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Thanks for listening to AZ Wildcast podcast. Joined by Brad Ellis. I'm Mike Luke. All right, Brad. Arizona NAU. We are going to talk a lot about this this show. But the first thing I got right here is I was happy with what I saw from the University of Arizona. I know it was a 38 to three game. NAU stinks, but Brad, it was more impressive than I expected. I think it was more impressive and less impressive in, in many fashions. I mean, if you look at it. Oddly enough, I feel like if Arizona had scored two more touchdowns and had given up two touchdowns, people would be happier. Um, I, I did some digging, and then this is going into my podcast, which will be put up this afternoon. This is the fourth since 2003, the fourth highest uh, tied for third, excuse me, highest uh, winning uh, margin um, against NAU. They've done right. something in the 60s during one of the Rich Rod years, a 38, um, and, and this one was, was 35. Um, it's also, I think the second fewest amount of points they've given up to NAU. They gave up three, one other time, and then zero. That three, by the way, was a 21 to three win in Stoops' uh, first game. The Mike uh, Bell game. Or yeah. just said, All right, we don't want to lose this game. Let's just keep giving it to Mike Bell. Yeah. So if you look at it, a lot of these games have gone the way the first half did. Arizona's the better team. Uh, the game's a little bit closer. Really what it came down to is, is a couple things. One, the two turnovers in the red zone uh, or in the, at least their half of the field, the Delora fumble, which was a bad play by Delora, the interception, which I think was miscommunication. And then that eight minute drive. And you said, Whoa, NAU controlled the ball for eight minutes. They gained 20 yards. Uh, right. They gained 50 something, but 50 or 30 of it was on two personal foul calls. Right. Um, I don't know how you only gained 20 yards in eight minutes, but somehow they did it. And right. God, some of it was their penalties as well. I get that. But it wasn't like it was this long grinding drive where Arizona's defense looked gap. No, it was, it wasn't a great drive because Arizona kept letting them off the hook. Um, but it was a very good performance. I'd say, you know, a minus performance by the defense and probably a B B plus performance by the offense. Um, if you know if Oregon hadn't scored 81 that day, if Colorado hadn't scored 40 something, I think we're feeling a little bit better about this one. But, all right, let's talk about the defense though, because I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, listen, I know it's NAU, I get all that, but what I wanted to see was more activity from the defense, and did they look bigger out there? And 
yes, they did. Nine tackles for loss. Big Bill Norton out there looked like the kind of guy that Arizona hasn't had in a couple years. Overall, I was fairly impressed by what I was able to see out of the defense. Again, I get that it's NAU, but I was looking for more activity right there. Dwayne Aquino has been talking about swarming to the ball this entire uh, offseason, and they just look bigger up there. And that is something that, let's be honest here, we haven't seen a lot of it uh, from Arizona defensive lines in the uh, quite a while. 1.9 yards per carry. I mean, right. again, it's NAU. This is and the, this isn't the NAU team of like say 2009 to 2016. Um, right. They're not very good. The, you know, this right. isn't a nine-win NAU team. I get that. But 1.9 yards per carry. The, to me, the biggest concern is they didn't put, still didn't put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and when they did, they picked up penalties. I think they had one sack. They didn't have a ton of pressures. Um, so to me, that's still a concern. But again, it's NAU. So you're not drawing up blitzes. You're not doing anything other than, uh, you know, on, on passing downs, turning your head and go. So it was a vanilla defensive plan. It was a vanilla, relatively vanilla offensive plan. Um, but yeah, I need to, uh, at least from a front six, front seven standpoint, they appeared stout against the run. They tackled fairly well. Um, they made some plays when they needed to. And overall, yeah, the defense has obviously improved. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. But the defense is better. The defense is bigger, better. Now, let's talk about Big Bill Norton. Now, up in the press box right there, <laughs> up in the press box, the one thing that you – and I'm curious as to how it looked on TV – Brad, he is a massive individual right there. Not saying that, you know, he's an NFL player or anything like that, but that is something, a guy that can take up two blockers, that's something that Arizona has had in short supply these last couple of years. What did you think of Big Bill Norton out there? I'll be, I'll be honest, I didn't focus on Norton. I oh, on come on, come on. You know you did. But that fr the front four, I mean, they're they're just bigger and more physical than they have been. When you, when you factor in, you know, all the other guys in that group, uh, you know, Upshaw looks like uh, – from a size standpoint, uh, an NFL-type defensive end, bigger, uh, physical. Again, he, he has to play better. He can't pick up two roughing calls. Um, but, you know, overall, this is a bigger, sturdier, thicker group of guys up front. Right. Okay, now we got now Rudy Martinez in here says there were a lot of Cat fans upset with the uh, score in the first half. Arizona didn't do anything special. It was a simple game plan preparing for Mississippi State. I think there's a lot of it to that. I mean, Brad, you brought up, and I thought I thought of that during the game. There was a lot of that Stoops first-year NAU game where it was almost like, all right, well, let's just get out of here. Let's not show anything basic. Obviously, this team is better than that team, but there was a little bit of that right there. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, okay, for those of you who want something positive from it, they had four possessions. Right. They should have scored on three of them. Uh, Delora, Delora's play on that fumble was he should never have run that ball the way he ran that ball. That was stupid. And that's what, something we're going to say about Delora every once in a while. He's going to make a play like that. But they only had four possessions. They only had ten total in the game. Right. Um, scoring on five of them. I think I tweeted out six, but I forgot that one of them was a blocked kick. But. Uh, they got into NAU territory on nine of ten possessions. Uh, now that's also bad news because they only scored on, f you know, five of those nine trips in, in past the fifty. Uh, again, two turnovers, um, you know, and two punts or a turnover on down. So 
a overall, again, efficient offensive performance. The problem is good and bad. No big chunk plays for scores, save for Dolores run. And, but they didn't give up any either. So NAU was taken and they were deliberate in their offense. They took a lot of time off the clock. And that, again, that's how you get 20 yards in an eight minute drive. Right. Um, so I'm not as worried about how Arizona looked in the first half or the second half, because again, they just didn't have the ball much in the first right. half. Um, you know, they scored the t- two touchdowns. Uh, they should have scored the third. Um, you know, they had the one punt play. So it could have been, uh, you know, could have been worse, um, could have been better, but it wasn't an awful performance. Uh, when you factor again, they only had the ball four times. Right now, James Delora, you mentioned him. I'm at the point with Delora where he's obviously a good college quarterback. There's no doubt about it. But I also think it's fair to say at this point that, you know, you're going to pick up one end of the stick with JDL. You're also going to pick up the other end of the stick. There's going to be some plays throughout the games where you're wondering, what the heck did he just do? And those might come when he's throwing for 400 yards. But again, he's got some really high peaks. He's got some low lows. He's a good quarterback. But I think this is kind of who he is right here, Brad. Yeah. And frankly, no, no offense to Jada, that's why he's closer to the bottom half of the conference than he is the top half. And that's not necessarily a reflection on him, but it is a reflection of also the top of the conference. Right. I mean, Caleb Williams is possibly a generational talent. Bo Nick's really good. Uh, I'm a big, huge Michael Penix fan, and he looked mm-hmm. great this weekend. Uh, you know, Shadur Sanders plays like he does. Uh, Cam Rushing hasn't taken a snap yet this season. That's already, what, five or six right there. Right. That's before we figure out what's going on at UCLA, before we figure out what's going on. But Delora's good. Um, and in many ways, in a weird way, isn't he the anti-Anu? He's going to yeah. make some sp- – Anu was kind of – That's a great way of putting it. He's the anti-Anu. It's going to be this. And as long as it's more like this with a dip, which it was the other night. Again, I was, I was, you know, in my podcast, an offensive player of the game. He had a quarterback who threw for 280-something, three touchdowns, and ran for 50-something yards and a touchdown. And I can't call him player of the game because of he didn't take care of the ball. But that's, right. that's going to be JDL. Right now, let's talk the running game a little bit. One thing that I think is a little underrated about this entire uh, team right here, Brad, is the running back stable that this group has out here. Now, again, Michael Wiley, we know what he can do. He can run. He can catch out of the backfield. Jonah Coleman certainly seems to have taken that next step. They even have him returning kicks. You got DJ Williams in there as well. You got Rayshon Speedy Luke, Fam, Brad this is a this is a fairly deep group of running backs out here, and that's another thing we haven't been able to say a lot about over the years. There's not enough balls to go around, frankly, because I think DJ Williams, the guy, who needs more touches, and I don't know where they come from. Um, right. You know, Wiley was efficient. I think he was ten carries for fifty something, and six catches for fifty something, over hundred yards total offense. Um, Coleman had the three catches, but the one long one for the touchdown had a couple big runs. He was somewhere in the 80 yards of total offense and all DJ Williams did was average seven yards a carry. And, right. You know, speedy Luke was, was at five and a half a carry. Um, so yeah, they're really deep at running back and uh, they appear to have a line that can run the ball. So that bodes well when you need to grind out some of these games as well as they, they're explosive enough. I mean, Coleman out of the backfield on that play, I mean, he's not a burner per se, but you're running over people like that. And when you're making moves on the sideline, like he did, 
You've got some weapons there. Yeah. I think what helps too, Brad, is that they all complement each other, I think, fairly well. And then Michael Wiley is kind of that jack of all trades, like we talked about. Jonah Coleman is a 5'8 bulldozer. William Brad Alice type running back right there. DJ Williams, like you said, super explosive. You could see why he was such a highly sought after recruit. And then, you know, like we talked about, Rayshon Speedy Luke, fam, a guy that is a threat to take into the house. I think they all. They all play off of each other fairly well. I can see a scenario where Wiley and DJ Williams are both in a camp next year for the NFL. Yeah, um, They're not going to put up monster numbers. Wiley might, but um, they both have that good combination of being physical and, and fast enough. And again, it's so hard to stick in the NFL as a running back. And we all know running backs maybe become the hardest position to grade because you look at right. guys who look like, you know, superstars in college who do nothing or guys who rush for 600 yards as the second running back at North Carolina stick in the league. Um, But both of those guys have some skills that are transferable to the NFL and Coleman may be more talented than than both of them as well. So yeah, it's a good unit. Again, it's a good unit because you also have an offensive line who can block and you have an offensive line who could lose a key member Thursday night with, with Polito getting hurt. And all you do is insert Longy. And again, they can't go much deeper than that, but when you, you they're pretty good seven, eight deep, which is really all you need, uh, barring just a rash of injuries. So their offensive line looked very good. What's the deal with Arizona high-profile, uh, large people with bike issues? First, we have Dylan Anderson. His bike was stolen. We still haven't got it back. Robert or Raymond Polito has a bike issue as well. We got to do something about here. We got to do something about this. We can't keep having bike issues down here in the old Pueblo. Either we got to get these guys better NIL deals or we got to invest in more and more good public transit so these guys can just get on a bus or a van and, and, and be off the streets. Right, for sure. All right. But running back, though, I think there's a uh, we've talked a lot about the wide receivers and uh Obviously, that's a, a a strength of the team. But this running backs unit, I think, can uh, stack up favorably with most teams in the conference there, Brad. I got questions about, you know, a quarterback at times and stuff like that. But as far as wide receivers and running backs and that starting line, pretty well spent. Yeah, I mean, again, and and we're it's not like Dolores a bad quarterback. He's just right. not – He's not Caleb Williams or Michael Penix, or he's probably not even Cam Rushing, but he's a he's he's above average to very good quarterback. Right. Um, one of the I think the Athletic had something they had a computer metric and they had him top twenty, and I think that he's fringe top twenty. But yeah, he's a solid guy. He's going to win some games for Arizona, and unfortunately, he might lose a game for Arizona. All right. Now, what does this mean for the Mississippi State game? Because here's where it's uh, going to get interesting. And we are going to talk about Big Bill Norton here in a second. Dennis Walsh right there. A very good point. But first, bet MGM. All right. Here's the deal, Brad Alice. We have been talking. I've been talking, saying take the over of five wins for Arizona. You all should be doing that. But here's the deal right now. Sign up for bet MGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10, and you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's uh, outcome. Maybe you could be somebody like Brad Alice and need to root for the Chiefs. Maybe throw that in there. We'll talk about that in a second. But let's hear from Mr. Shane Diefenbach. 
Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, now we got a bunch of back the A folks in here already. We got a back the A from Noah, back the A from Dennis Walsh, other back the A, back the A from Keck as well. But Dennis Walsh said something that well, I can I can I interject there with the back the A movement? Yeah, I think we all saw Dia Barnes's comments on uh, Deion Sanders, right? Um, which I think is being overblown, but I get it. Did you read the comment section under her tweet? Yeah, I don't understand. I don't there understand. Are five back the A's. Oh, were there five back the A's? Oh, yeah. People like Adia, you need to back the A. Adia, oh. what about Jed Fish? I back the A. So, yeah, it's it's catching on, Mike. I did not see that. I will go yeah, find go that. go back That's and look. Great. There's at least three or four. There might be up to five back the A's, yeah. Not I will fi- more back the A's and bear downs, at least as of yesterday. All right, I'm going to find that. By the way, did you see Brian Jeffries try the Del Taco double cheeseburger and Lamont love it? I did. That was That was some quality video. That was, you know what? That's what we're here for, though, right here. Very good stuff. I'm gonna have to check that out, though, Brad. Good, uh, good looking right there. The back the A movement is strong. Um, by the way, uh, let's see here. Um, I agree with this. Aaron Sepulveda says, Mike, we finally have classic clean uniforms, and then someone goes and adds weird number fonts and an extra red stripe on the sleeve, looking like the Patriots. Can never have nice things. I did notice that. Here's the thing: if you're gonna ape the Patriots look. Go back to the 70s uniform, the Pat Patriot uniform, and do a red and blue one with the stripe up here. Right. Why are we mimicking the new Patriots uniform, which is, well, their only Patriots uniform since that has never played in the Super It's the worst era of Patriots football since the 80s. Right. Um, it looks fine. Uh, it's not as good as the uniforms they wore last year, and it's not bad. It's not gradient. We don't have big, odd color numbers that look like they're off my – uh, my grandpa's phone because he can't see the numbers. Uh, there's no fanny pack, even though the fanny pack wasn't that bad. But they're not as good as last year. So much like Arizona's performance against NAU, um, they're fine. They're good. They don't suck. They're even above average. They're just not as good as they could be. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that entirely. Now, uh, let's see here. Uh, Brad, we need you. You're an observer of these type of things. Dennis Walsh makes a great point. Speaking of, I can't believe how big Bill Norton looks on TV. Next game against Mississippi State, Brad, because you will be That's on the phone. I'm watching. I'm watching you, Big Bill All Norton. I need you to do is look at how big, uh, how big Big Bill Norton is. He is massive. He is a large individual. You know what it also goes to show you, too? And again, Arizona's going to have to get there. But it also goes to show you, too, just the difference between the inner, inner crust of college football. The, you know, your Georgias, your Bamas, your schools like that. Because this dude couldn't even hit the field. And... He took up like five spots right there. So, again, it's something I noticed almost. That's the difference between. Okay, so there's old Arizona defensive linemen who are 270 pounds and undersized. Then there's Big Bill Norton, who's legit NFL size, but not an NFL athlete. And then there's what Georgia and Alabama have. And that is literal freaks of nature. You know, 6'3", 305, run a 4'7". Right. They're just – and again, if you haven't been on the field up close, it's it's just it's almost like watching a different species. 
Um, especially go watch a high school game and go watch like what a lot as good as Morano football is. What did Elijah rushing <laughs> and uh, Will Height look like against those guys? They look like different. They look different. And it's the right. same thing. That's the difference between go to an NFL game, sit row three, and just look at the size and the way the, they move. It's just it's unbelievable. By the way, our guy Desmond Roebuck uh, had a very nice game against Sal Point. By the way, uh, eight Arizona catches, buck twenty-seven. Arizona needs to lock him up as well, for sure. And uh, by the way, uh, Sal Point. Uh, obviously, this wasn't a, a vintage Bishop Alamany team, but Sal Point smashed Bishop Alamany. I would imagine the, we'll see a lot of a uh, Sal Point destroying teams out there. Maybe we'll get to that here in a minute. Um, I thought Schuster, a guy that. Oh, by the way, how was the Metallica concert Friday? Uh, it was good, but a little weird. So uh, James Hetfield got COVID. Um, we didn't know that at the time. So they cut the set short. He They cut it two songs short, and he didn't sing much the last song. So it was very good, but could have been great. And the sound, unfortunately, for Pantera was a little muddy. Um, you really couldn't hear the guitars real well. But other than that, it was pretty awesome, and it was good hanging out with Shu for seven, eight hours. Schuster made an interesting point where he, he was talking about the um... – uh, he was talking about Arizona. He says, listen, this team's clearly better than last year's team. Duh. But the Pac-12 top to bottom is about as loaded as I can remember. And it's very interesting in this last year, outside of schools like ASU, who stinks, obviously, um, everybody everybody looks like they've got talent to be able to win games against any team on a given day there, William Brad Ellis. Again, uh, things have to shift out, but I, I'm at the point now – where we may have to reevaluate Cal in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and we thought Cal might be in that, that, that second tier uh, with everyone from UCLA through Arizona, but we may have to put Colorado in there as well. Um, again, it's just one game. Um, they've got to make some adjustments, but they look fast. They, uh, well, we knew they had athletes, um, but uh Colorado looked pretty darn good. Again, I don't think TCU is as good as they were last year, but it doesn't matter. They That was a one-win team a year ago. They looked better. Um, you know, I think right now ASU, Stanford is, is probably uh, bringing – They're kind of the dregs of the conference for yeah. sure. Yeah, and again, both of them got the wins. Stanford was a, was a difficult road trip. Um, you know, ASU looked okay in the first half and then kind of let – was it Southern Utah hang around and again, dealing with a haboob in the weather. Um, But yeah, I think, I think the league at least right now, one to 10 looks pretty interesting. Over or under William Brad Alice, 11. All right. uh, Anthony Gimino put this out there. Uh, uh, By the way, happy 75th birthday to Anthony Gimino um, uh, yesterday. 20 years uh, younger than Chew and about a year older than me. Yep. I, but he said, how many touchdowns for T-Mac this year? Let's assume that T-Mac stays healthy all year. Um, over or under 11 touchdowns? I will say under since it's a school record, but it wouldn't surprise me. Right. I mean, he's going to get a lot of touchdowns, a lot of them. And so, I, and you notice that up front, out front too, and you're like, well, he's going to get a lot of them. Him and Jacob Cowling for sure. I, and I think, again, I think a lot of it also depends on what do they do in the red zone? Do they utilize the two tight ends more? Um, right. Because they really didn't use them very much the other night. Um, right, and I think sure. that might have been – I don't think it's necessarily by design, but what I think it is is I think NAU couldn't cover the receivers, so why worry about the tight ends? Um, so, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. But if you're in the red zone and you can look at T-Mac, who's, what, a legit 6'3", 6'4", 
Uh, you can look at uh, Montana Lamonius Craig with a big uh, couple nice catches. Yeah, right I there. mean, no, they go six deep at receiver. Whether they throw to all six, I don't know because they're also thrown to the running backs. But they got some. They got some guys they can they can target in the red zone who are big bodies. By the way, Rudy Martinez right here. Very the very smart man, Rudy Martinez. Uh, interesting question. Is Colorado that good? There was no tape on them from the previous year, and with the pack being tough, it's hard. Here's all I'm I don't saying. Know if but, they're that good, but they're obviously not bad. They're obviously okay. they obviously they have may be a three win team, but five of those eight losses are going to be by ten points or less. What I did come away thinking is two things. Well, let's talk about it for a second here. Just is Travis Hunter able to play 127 snaps all season long, William Redhouse? I I don't know how. Well, but I think we're going to find that one out yeah. because that, yeah. he because he's fantastic, and I did come away thinking the Dion's kid's pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I we all knew Dion's kid was talented. It was just can he play within the, uh, a slightly more structured version of the offense he's played in the last few years? Right. Um, because again, they have a new offensive coordinator. The guy I think he's from Kent State. So again, the jury's out. But the obviously they're not dreadful because they because they're talented. Again, it right. may not it, it may not equal a whole lot of wins, or it could. I don't know. Again. But more and more, again, I said that the hire is either going – it's a genius hire, but it was either going to be ultra successful and he's going to be at Florida State in three years or it's going to be a disaster and it's looking more and more like it's going to be a good move for Colorado. But at the very least, the, the, the pub has been great. And by not – by winning – first of all, winning and by looking really good doing it, you're getting even more publicity. It had been one thing if TCU had rolled by 28 – we're probably not talking much about co- – this does bother me, the Coach Prime. But, again, I guess we called him Coach K for 20 years, so who am right. I to say? But so, at some point, I wanted I, – you know, they don't they, they don't call Nick Saban like Coach S, you know. Right. Oh, they called – Coach well, Affleck. Well, Coach o, they called Lute Olsen Coach O. Did the announcers, though? Not often. It was either Lute or Coach Olsen. That's true. That's true. That is yeah. very – I mean, every announcer going Coach – and I get it. Clap probably has a relationship with him because he's – a Colorado alum. But that being right. said, again, Colorado, not going to be an easy out. Right. All right. I think By that's the way, for sure. Brad, it was a long weekend. When was the last time you went to Circle K? Did you go there this weekend? This weekend, yes. All right. What time? I'm not sure which day. I'm not, it's all blurring already. All right. For sure. When you become, but first of all, you're not nearly as old as Anthony. Anthony turned 75. You are not nearly that old, yeah, Brad. I'm like so 73. Right. By the way. Um, but here's the deal. Join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app. Get it? The inner circle. I like that. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details right here. Again, Circle K, uh, they they show for the uh, the toughest areas, the people a little bit, uh, you know, maybe a little bit down on their luck like Keck. You could find him at Circle K, Circle Keck. Or on the other side of town right there, either way, Circle K is there for the community. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit here about Mississippi State. Brad, I give Arizona a very legitimate chance in this game. Not saying that Arizona is going to win, but I give Arizona a very legitimate chance in this game. New staff. Obviously, you got Division I athletes. You got Will Rogers, who's still going back from singing, all of that stuff. But I give Arizona a real chance right here. Yeah, um, I would much rather have had the schedule flip-flop and had this game at home this year, uh, this being Mississippi State's first road test. Uh, going anywhere in the country and winning, especially, is tough. 
Uh, it's going to be a different climate. Um, supposedly, it's been super hot, super humid down in Mississippi. And I, I know um, Jed Fish is saying that he put their conditioning with anyone. But as we know, there's a big difference between an Arizona heat and a, and a, and a Mississippi heat. That humidity. Um, Mississippi State is good. I think from a talent level, they're probably slightly better than Arizona. Um, but it's not, you know, and last year they were, they, and last year the score of the game was about what it should have been. What about two scores? They were, they were just better. And I right. think they're still better, but this is the thing uh, where you're going to have to get a play or two go your way, you know, a block kick, um, forcing the fumble that JDL gave away and you can steal this game. Um, right. I would be shocked if Arizona goes in and rolls. I'd be less shocked, but still shocked if Mississippi State comes in and rolls. But I think the line is somewhere between nine and 13. And that sounds about, and I think it dropped after the initial sounds about right. I think, right. Uh, I think, I think a 10 point road line in the sec against a, what should be middle of the pack sec team. I would assume it should be about right now. I will say this. They seem to have some issues with their secondary, especially safety. Uh, if Arizona can protect Delore and give him some time, there may be some plays there. Um, you're in the only second game of Mississippi State with their new offense, and I like Rodgers a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there was something to be said about running a Mike Leach offense. I mean, it's he's right. one of the all-time gurus. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, right. I think this, this is a test for Arizona, but I think it's a winnable game, though I don't think Arizona will win. So you're calling you're you're predicting an Arizona blowout. Did I just hear this correctly? No. If Arizona wins, it'll be close. And it'll be because right. of a few plays going their way. I mean, if I was predicting, I'd probably say if the line is nine, I'd say probably take Mississippi State and give the points, but um, I'm hoping I'm wrong. All right, you can all right, yeah, there we go. Hold on. I, my microphone was unplugged there for a second. I do apologize. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that one as well. Mississippi State struggled a little bit against Southeast Louisiana in the first half. The one thing I will say, though, like you said, is Mike Leach was just such a phenomenon. Um, there's really no other way to really put it. Mike Leach was just that dude. And um, it's going to be a little bit different. But I think what's exciting about all of this is I don't go into games now saying, oh, well, if we can just keep this within 28 points or something like that. And at least I go into these games thinking right now that Arizona's got a chance and that's, what's exciting. And that's where I give Jed Fish a lot of credit there, William. Yeah. I mean, again, Arizona should have the talent to stay on the field with Mississippi state. Um, and we couldn't have said that even a few years ago where they could barely stay on the field with, with uh, some, some mediocre teams. You know, they were lucky to be Cal ravaged by COVID a few years ago. Um, I don't put a whole lot of stock into teams struggling in the first half of their first game. This is a, obviously we all know this, but this is, I'm going to, you know, speak down to you anyways. And this is sport with no preseason the, the, you right. don't get a preseason game. You've got in Arizona's case, a brand new offensive line because the guy you thought was going to start all week uh, was out. Um, you're breaking in, you know, some new players. Um, so I'm, I'm far more encouraged by how Arizona played in the second half. Uh, and same thing, Mississippi state, did what they needed to do in their game. But I think this one should be a fun game. I think it's going to be competitive one way or the other. Um, but again, it's going to be hard to win on the road in that kind of, you know, muggy, muggy heat. A couple things that we found on defense, though, that I think it's fair to say um, 
Ephesians Prysock is going to have to be the dude for Arizona this year at one of those cornerback spots, obviously. And Justin Flo, I think, is going to have somewhat of a limited role this year. I mean, if you can only get 10 snaps against NAU, you know, that's probably – and maybe it's just saying that Daniel Haimuli and Jacob Manu are so far ahead. I don't know what the case may be, but I think Flo is probably going to have a somewhat limited role. Unfortunately for Justin Flo, he is a – throwback linebacker um if arizona was facing i think and now he may get some more snaps this game because again mississippi state is abandoned i don't know exactly what they're doing all offense haven't looked at their stats yet but they're not air raid so they do try to run the ball more and that is um kind of what he fits into he is a classic old school linebacker which much like the traditional running back is becoming a dying breed in the modern pass heavy uh version of college football 15 years ago we're probably talking justin Flo as a first team all-american he was on the field 70 plays a game now he's 10 or 15 in, in certain situations right and that's just kind of the way it is now the secondary like you said it's not the traditional air raid that we saw again you know with mike leach obviously but it is uh, – you, you still have a lot of talented wide receivers right there. I think between Traden Stoops, Ephesians, Prysock, and uh, – excuse me, Dylan Wyatt, and heck, even Takario Davis in there, they're going to – we're going to find out exactly where the secondary is. Granted, Arizona's got to be able to get some form of a pass rush, but we're going to find out where these guys are. I am cautiously optimistic about the secondary, especially with Dwayne Aquina back there. Again, I like, I like the corners. Um, I think the fact that – Dakario Davis is struggling to see the field with, with Dylan Wyatt. It says a lot about right. uh, how good this group is. I don't know how much we'll see out of Stukes if he'll play. Um, they haven't said it, but doesn't it sound like a concussion thing? Yeah, that's um, what it's at least that's what it sounds like. But I'm worried yeah. about the safeties. Um, Maldonado wasn't very good, and then he did a stupid play. We need to talk. Can we talk about him for uh, a second? Sure. Let, let, let's talk about Maldonado. This is every now and then it seems like, and again. Jed Fish is coaching the U of A. I'm talking on a podcast, so it goes without saying. Um, but it always feels like certain coaches always have favorites that nobody can quite understand why they're a favorite. I don't understand the Gunnar Maldonado love. I've never understood it. He's not good in pass coverage. He does some kind of dumb things out there. He never Gunnar Maldonado never strikes me as being a strength of a team out there. I don't get it. My guess, and again, I don't know. I'm not close to the team as like I used to be. My guess is he knows the defense better than the other guys. Um, and while we see him not making plays, I don't know how much. And again, I'd have to go back and look at tape. How many times he really messes up? Right. Um, how many times that 70-yard touchdown's his fault? Um, right. Whereas a guy, and, and, and maybe it's Isaiah Taylor. Um, maybe he'll make five or six plays that Gunnar Maldonado can't make, but when he messes up, he messes up bigger. So as someone who has coached, I can tell you sometimes you just, you want this, you know, you want, you want a flat line, you, you, not, not too high, not too low. Um, but then again, when you're committing, and that was a dumb penalty. Again, when I first saw it, I thought he got him with the forearm. He went in with the helmet. You can't do that. You know that now we've been playing long enough. His entire playing career that I think targeting has been around like since he's been in high school. Right. Um, same thing. I can't believe that. And I, I've argued with Ben White about this. I can't believe that hit on Cowling wasn't targeting or defenseless right. receiver. Um, you guys got to know you can't hit these guys with your helmet like that. So my guess is this will be, you know, this first half, Maldonado's out. So can Taylor or whoever else they put out there steal the job from him? If not, Maldonado will be back because you'd rather get 
you know, consistent C play than occasional A plus play and occasional D minus play. By the way, I just looked at Adia Barnes. This is fantastic. There were four. I counted four back the A references right there. This is very good. The movement is strong. Um, okay, so that's the uh, now let's talk about oh Martel Irby. We got to talk about Martel Irby. That was I'm actually remiss that that was not in my notes right there. Rudy Martinez, thank you very much. Martel Irby is an awesome story. Ex four star kid out of UCLA comes here, was awarded a scholarship and. He was all over the field in that first game right there. I don't think that he's going to be coming out much this year, and it certainly seems like the coaching staff has a, a great deal of confidence in him. A lot of times, though, I'm a little circumspect about some of this because you hear about players that are just great in practice and then they don't really come to a play. Martel Irby was not that in that first game. No, he played really well. He played good, and that could he could go a long way into shoring up uh, this defensive back. Uh, situation right. with the safeties and uh, you know again good pedigree if i'm not mistaken was at one point committed to arizona decommitted went to ucla came back to arizona and i will say this i don't know did you see the story and then this is i don't know why i'm bringing this up but kid at eastern michigan he is a two or three year starter on the offensive line he's a walk-on right he finally got a scholarship this week because the other starting tackle gave him his right which is How awesome no, it's not. How does Eastern Michigan, Eastern Michigan, not figure out how to get this kid a scholarship when he became a starter? They've had Great. 70 players transfer. And again, most of those are walk-ons. You can't figure somehow have, when was the last time Arizona had a key contributor who went more than a year without a scholarship? It hasn't happened since I think Makovic. Um, you, you find, you just don't take an extra kid in the recruiting class and you, and you give that kid a scholarship. Is Brad Brennan the last one that played before he got a scholarship? I mean, guys play all the time before they get the scholarship, but they usually get the scholarship either that year or right after. Um, right. You know, Bam McCray didn't go three years without a scholarship, and he didn't play nearly as much as this poor kid. He's, so that's all I'm saying. Good, good. More importantly, good on them for giving Airby the scholarship when it opened up. Right. But, you know, I also but this coaching staff does things the right way in that regard, though. Again, they I think they get things like that and they actually, you know, you go about it. If you're going to start, Brad, it's a great point. If you're going to start, you should have a scholarship, period, point blank. Again, it's one thing if you're and I'm trying to think of who's uh, the, I always use him as the all time walk on champion, uh, the, the the DN, Copeland Bryant. Right. He didn't get one to his next year, but part of that was because those rules back then you couldn't give a freshman one till after his freshman year. Tennessee I, Titans great. I get it. You know, I think I think it I think it might have taken Adam Austin a couple years to get his scholarship. Um, but I think Brad Wood had one and and that's Makovic. Brad Wood got one before the end of the year. So right. um the fact that this kid went five years without a scholarship uh is 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 pretty ridiculous on eastern Michigan's part. All right. Now so, shady so, race. Oh, right. good, good on Irby. I was talking with somebody that was wearing Shady Rays yesterday and was absolutely fantastic. And here's the deal. He was a smart person. He was very smart, obviously. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Check it out. Shady Rays right there. And uh, yes, uh, Rudy Martinez, very good point. I believe Fish was on the staff when uh, uh, Martell Irby committed to UCLA. So there's certainly a connection. I'm curious to see what of what of these uh, players, these UCLA guys, 
um, you know, because there's about four of them on the team now that have transferred over here. Which ones pan out? Obviously, Irby looks like he's going to pan out. Tyler Manoa, excuse me. And then uh, you got DJ Warnell. You got Tia Savea. It's an interesting little group right there of some expat UCLA uh, people there, Brad. Yeah, and, and none of them have made the huge impact yet. Um, Savea was fine last year. Uh, Warnell kind of had a good middle of the year. Uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Right. Now, trading Stukes. We got to talk about him, though. Arizona needs him in this game. Stukes is weird to me. He's a little bit of kind of an underrated player in the grand scheme of things. Another guy that came here is a walk-on. Um, in the same class, I believe, as Dorian Singer. That's a heck of a walk-on class right there. But uh, Stukes had a really nice game, couple pass deflections. In the nickel roll, I'm totally cool with him. I think he's a little miscast when he's a starter on the outside, as they tried to do a little bit last year. Not a big fan of that. But in that nickel roll, I'm totally cool with it. I think it fits him well. Yeah, and that seems to be his role now. Again, I think I think that other cornerback spot's kind of been locked up by Wyatt and, and Takario Davis, so... Uh, but yeah, we got to, they got to see if he's healthy um, right. or if not, you're now suddenly you're missing two starters and why they may be everyone's least favorite starters in the, in the, in the defensive backfield. There's still two guys with a lot of reps, a lot of experience under their belt. What we're going to find out also is where exactly, because we're pretty bullish on this offensive line right here, at least the starting unit. But I think this will be a really good test this week as to where errors, where they really are, to be honest with you. Because again, you've got dudes across the board that can all play, obviously. But you're going into a different environment right there. You're going against a different caliber of athlete. But if Jordan Morgan is a pro, if Jonas Savanea is a pro, if Wendell Moe is a potential all-conference dude down the line, Josh Baker's a multi-year starter, et cetera, et cetera, they should be able to acquit themselves fairly well there, Brad. Yeah, and I think that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a good performance. Um, Arizona's going to have to score some points, and they're going to have to, but they're going to have to do what they do, and that's that ball control offense quick, get the ball out of JDL's hands quickly, have them avoid pressure, um, and then establish the run where you can. So I think it's a huge test. Um, I think there's every possibility this is probably one of the top four defensive fronts they'll face. Um, normally, I'd say that, you know, USC should have the – but USC's defensive front looks like a mess. Um, so I, I'd probably go – it's probably some combination of Utah, Washington, and UCLA with best fronts along with Mississippi State. But uh, this will be an interesting test for them. Again, I know it's only 85 and humid, but most of these guys haven't played in humidity. Um so it'll right. be it'll be interesting. Right. Okay. So let's talk about OGs real quick here. Now, OGs, Brad, how's your sleeping going? Talk to me, be honest. It's you know, it's is what it is and always has been. All right. Now that's OGs not good. By the way. What's that? And that's not good, by the way. Yeah, all right. Well, either way. OGs is here to help. Here's the deal. Check out our friends at OG's Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check them out across all socials at OG's Brands and online at ogsbrands.com. To find them at a local dispensary near you, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. Check it out right there, OG's. And no, Keck, you were wrong about something. The, NFL, the Arizona has surefire NFL players on this team, and that's why we are excited, and we will continue to talk about them. Jordan Morgan is a lock to play in the NFL. Jonas Savanea is a lock to play in the NFL. T-Mac is a lock to play in the NFL. We make no apologies about it, Brad. Boom. No, I mean, Jordan Morgan would have been drafted in the first four rounds last year, and if that knee is healthy and he plays like he did as a uh, junior, he's going to be a first-rounder. 
Right. All right. So, all right, Brad, before we sign off here, talk about uh, talk about a little bit where they can find Brad Alice. And, Brad, we need to prom- you to promise people that on the post game, you will be looking into how big, big Bill Norton was uh, this past week. Yeah, uh, you can find me, WSR Brad, on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it. I should have a podcast posted sometime before 3.30 this afternoon. It's recorded. Just got to make a few edits and get it loaded. Uh, and then I'll put that up. Talking a lot about the same stuff we talked here. Uh, I'd I, I go more in-depth on my thoughts about the uniform and uh, a few more things like that. But uh, you can find me there. My goal is to get out two or three this week. And depending on a, a baseball tournament that now is probably going to get canceled, uh, I should be on the, uh, the postgame show. And I'm going to spend the whole time looking at Big Bill Norton. That's what we like about here. All right. I may see nothing else, but I'll tell you about every rep that Bill Norton Big takes. Bill Norton takes. That's all we want is Big Bill Norton talk. I basically go watch, watch U of A this week like I watch my son's football games, and that's watching the linemen. Jacob Franklin, by the way, for the post-game show on the clip, we need or on the thumbnail, we need a picture of Big Bill Norton. That's what we need. We exact we ask for little, but we expect much. All right. For the great William Brad Alice, I am merely Mike Luke. All of you out there really appreciate you. Always remember, it's awesome. We get to back the A while other people don't get to root for the U of A. We don't even feel bad for them. That's their fault. On that note, we'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.